Let's turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's read again. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This morning I would like to title my sermon as Seeing the Unseen. Seeing the Unseen. You know, it is believed that Apostle Paul was writing this letter somewhere around AD 55. Probably he was writing it from Macedonia. He was writing this letter after, to the church in Corinth after establishing many churches in Corinth. And he wrote, right now he landed in Macedonia. And from there, he's writing a letter, the second Corinthians, to the church in Corinth. You know, Paul had continued to suffer for the sake of gospel all through his journey, all through his missionary journeys. And as you know, eventually he died around you know, 11 years or 12 years later, somewhere in AD 64 or 67. Uh, the traditions say that he was beheaded by Nero. So Paul, as he was you know, going through all the troubles of life, as he experienced all the difficulties of life, he is, you know, he is writing this letter to the church in Corinth, and he is telling them, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Do not give up. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep continuing. So with all the sufferings that he endured, with all the great experience that he gained, you know, by ministering in different kinds of setup over, over the years, with the great revelation that he received from God, he's saying, he's telling us, you continue this journey. It is important to keep doing what you have been doing. And he's encouraging us this morning. I believe these, let these words be an encouragement as we are encouraged and motivated to see, to see the unseen, to see the unseen. Paul is trying to encourage the church in Corinth who already went through many persecution 
for the sake of the gospel. They already went through trouble and now Paul is telling them, do not lose heart. You know, life issues make us to lose heart very easily. The pain in our body, the kind of the ache that we are going through in our lives, you know, they make us to lose heart. At times our health conditions will make us to lose heart. Relationship struggles, you know, at times even age-related difficulties, when it, when it strikes our lives, all those inconveniences that we need to deal with as we continue to live on the face of this earth, you know, at times we lose heart. And Paul is telling us this morning, do not lose heart, be of good courage. So Paul is, you know, saying do not lose heart, he's, he's, he's not just saying that, He's also saying why we should not lose heart. There are a couple of reasons he's saying in verse 16, verse 17, and verse 18. I just want to highlight those things now. He's telling us why we should not lose heart. Why it is important that we should not lose heart. Verse 16 if we read, therefore, you can read that with me, therefore, we do not lose heart. Number one, why? Even though our, our outer man is perishing, Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Paul is saying do not lose heart. He's telling us the perishing nature of human body. The perishing nature of human body and the renewing nature of inner man. The perishing nature of the human body and the renewing nature of the inner man. Verse 17. For our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory i want you to follow me carefully for our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for us for a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory paul is saying why you should not lose heart number two he's telling us they are telling us about the afflicting nature of this world can we get that in the screen? The afflicting nature of this world in comparison with the rewarding nature of heaven. First of all, he said, he talked about the perishing nature of the human body and the renewing nature of the inner man. Now he is saying in verse 17, the afflicting nature of this world in comparison with the renewing nature of heaven. You need to be following me very carefully, otherwise you will miss this. It's not easy to, you know, to, to cope up with Paul and try to understand. So we need to just walk along with him very closely so that we will not miss this. And third thing he's telling us in verse 18, while we do not look at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal in nature. Now he's telling us that about the tangible nature of this life. The tangible nature, all the five different senses, and all the things that we want to do on the face of this earth, the tangible nature of our life, in comparison with the unseen nature of eternity. So these are the three things that we are going to focus on this morning. So do not worry about it, I will just repeat these things over and over again. Now you may have a question, you know, you are talking about the eternal glory, you are talking about the inner man and you are talking about the unseen nature of heaven. Don't we really care for our lives on this earth? 
Don't we really care for our life, our physical existence on the face of this earth? That may be a question. So Paul is not saying that you don't really care about our physical life that we are living on this earth. And we are not saying that. But Paul is saying we get easily discouraged if we live to satisfy only our body. We get easily discouraged. Because earthly life is perishing in nature. But heavenly life is long lasting. So if our focus is more on this earthly life, we look at the things that, that are happening today and we get easily discouraged. So Paul is trying, our, trying to turn our attention because our eyes are very well fixed on, the, on this earth and what is happening around us, what is going on in my life, you know, what do I put on today and what do we eat today and how do we face tomorrow, what are the resources that I have or I don't have. We are so much concerned about the things of this world. So Paul is diverting our attention and he is talking about, if you keep looking at the things on this earth, you will easily get discouraged because they are temporary. The heavenly things are eternal and long lasting. You know, our human body is made with an outer shell. That is a natural. But inside of us, there is an inner man to live eternal, a supernatural being. It's inside of us. And Paul is asking us to take our attention from the natural and place our attention in the supernatural. Listen to me. So Paul is asking us not to lose heart. Paul is asking us to continue to do what we have been doing. And if we do so, eventually we will receive the reward of eternal life. So you know, the life that we live on the face of this earth is a time that God prepares us towards eternity. You know, that is a strong assurance that we have. That is the belief of a child of God. There is nothing more than that. God has given us time on the face of this earth so that we will live eternal and we will eat the tree of life which the, initial, the, the, the original men, man and woman, failed to eat. We all need encouragement. We all need motivation to continue our life on the face of this earth. You know, a life that is not motivated is not worth living. A life that is totally demotivated can collapse at any time and it can damage others. We get discouraged many times when we see what we see. But God is asking us to see the unseen. Do you get the difference? Many times we get discouraged when we keep seeing this, seeing what we can see. Because what we see are temporary but what is not seen is eternal and God is trying to turn our attention to see the unseen. We can be discouraged by seeing, the, seeing what we see today on the face of this earth. But God can give us great encouragement when we start seeing the unseen. So what we need, to, need today is the eyes that can see the unseen so why do we go for the eyes that can see the unseen those eyes are known as faith you know through the eyes of faith we can see the unseen i believe this morning god is preparing our hearts number one let's go a little detail number one let's talk about the perishing nature of human body and the renewing nature of inner man paul says in verse 16 therefore do not lose heart 
even though our outward man is perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day by day if we purchase an appliance from a store the appliance is capable of performing certain duty repeatedly and the appliance will continue to perform the duty maybe it's a grinder or it's a refrigerator or a freezer or a fan whatever it may be it will keep on doing you know what you expect that appliance to do it will function for a period of time and then comes its end and you know what maybe there is a component that got that that really you know need to be replaced so we try to replace the damaged component the life may continue for some more time and then again it die and there is a time that you need to totally get rid of the appliance in the same way our lives function on the face of this earth until the time our organs are functioning they will function and at that point of time when it fails it may fall apart and with the grace of doctors you know you may be able to put a new component in our life and make it function for a couple of more years and it may continue to function for a few more years and then again it will die paul is talking about the perishing nature of our body you know some of us today the way we take care of our bodies you know as if we, it's not going to perish it's going to remain forever the minutes and hours that we stand in front of the mirror right so if you open the in some of the closets in your in your in your, in your washroom or the room next to you in your bedroom we will see all kind of cosmetics you know arranged and organized we do all this kind of things just to make sure that you know we look good you know some of you really look so good actually this morning god bless you we want to you know put a good appearance in front of men and i really like that i really i really note i notice everything and i observe and i, I appreciate you when really you dress up well and your your whatever all the things that you put in our body just you know just to make sure you look good you know you need all need to look good actually so it's all good but some of us you know we really take care of our body as thinking that we are going to live in this face forever face of this earth forever no 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 we are not going to live here forever the nature of our body is, is perishing we can notice that day by day year by year decade by decade so we can notice that every time we see the body is trying to fall apart god created us to live forever by eating the tree of life but adam failed to do that instead he sinned against god and we are to die now ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 20 says all go to one place all are from the dust and all return to dust this morning if you have more hope much more hope on your strength on your physique or on your body this is the worst for you all of us are going to go to dust we are made of dust all go to one place all are from the dust and all return to dust ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 7 i thank god for solomon then this great revelation that he had if he would not have told that you know there won't be any cosmetic in any of the stores thank god he told that ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 11 verse 7 then the dust will return to the earth as it was you bury your body under the earth and dig that you won't do that normally dig the grave after 10 years you don't you see just dust you don't see anything 
You know, our body is made such a way that it gets disintegrated easily and it becomes the dust. Then the dust will return to the dust, to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. You know, sometimes people will ask you, what will happen when we die? What do you say? The answer is, our body will return to the dust, spirit will go to God because it came from him, and the soul will remain for the judgment for the eternity in hell or in heaven. You know, that's why when we bury a body, we say, we now commit the body of our dear. And we put the name there and we say, we commit the body to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I don't know where the ash came from. It's not there in the Bible, you know. But anyway, we say that. Right? So our body is perishing in nature and it's going to go to dust. We are talking about the perishing nature of human body and the renewing nature of inner man. But because God has breathed life into our nostril and because God had kept eternity in our hearts, you know, Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, He has made, you know, we most of the time we read the first portion and we just neglect the second part. I think the second part is more important than the first section. He has made everything beautiful in its time and also he has put eternity in their hearts. Except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. Because God has put eternity inside of us, we know who our God is. We know how he works. We know how to listen to God. You know, if God would not have put eternity inside of us, you know, we are made to perish along with our body. But now, thank God, we are not made to perish. The Bible says, here Paul says, the inner man, renewed day by day. The inner man grows inside of us, taking the spiritual nourishment that he gets. As you listen, your body is not growing. But your inner man is growing. As you read the word of God, as you pray, as you meditate the word of God, your inner man is growing. So even when our outer shell perishes one day, our inner man is renewed day by day. Renard Bonke used to say that. I heard him saying this. He says, my body is just falling apart. I'm not good anymore. I can't travel the way I used to travel. I can't go to Africa and preach the way I used to preach, but I'm falling apart. But I see a big balloon which is blowing, which, which has been blown, and it is, you know, uh, it's just coming inside of me. I feel that. I feel that inside of me. My inner man has grown. My inner man has grown over a period of time. When my body falls apart, I'm ready to go to God. I'm ready to go to heaven. Amen. You know, that is the trust that God wants all of us to have. It is important to feed our soul. It is important to take care of our soul as we take care of our body. So Paul is saying that you will get discouraged if you see the perishing nature of your body. But you look at your inner man. He's renewing day by day. He's being renewed day by day. The perishing nature of human body and the renewing nature of inner man. Number two, the afflicting nature of this world and the rewarding nature of heaven. Verse 17, we are reading from verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Paul is saying this is a very light affliction. 
Some of us are not able to handle even this light affliction. We find it very difficult. The pain and the aches and the struggles that we go through. The insult that we keep listening from our family members. The frustrations and the disappointments because of our inability. Many times they distract us, they discourage us. Paul is saying light affliction. Light affliction. Many times we ask God, Lord, how long, Lord, how long the situation is going to remain in the same way? I don't see an answer. Lord, I cannot handle it anymore. How long, Lord? You know, sufferings and hardships are part of Christian life. Everyone goes through sufferings and struggles as we do. But when we make it personal, we take and we deal that with that situation with the help of God. Because Psalm says in Psalm, in Psalm, it says in Psalm 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous one. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Many are the sufferings. Many, of the, many are the afflictions. We are talking about the affliction, afflicting nature of this world. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You know, some of us may be going through afflictions and persecutions because we follow, decide to follow God. Some of us are neglected. Some of us are not wanted by our family anymore because you choose to follow God. Many are the afflictions of righteous. Some of the troubles that you get, you receive in your workplace because you are standing for the truth. You don't want to do it anything in a crooked way. And you are standing for the truth. There is affliction. Paul was strengthening the early church believers as he was traveling. He was saying that we must, we read that in Acts chapter 14 verse 22. We must, can you read this together? Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in their faith. And saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Afflicting nature of this world. Children of Israel were afflicted by Pharaoh in Egypt. You know, today if you take the church in many parts of the world, the church is going through affliction, the church is going through persecution. We are talking about the afflicting nature of this world. And Paul is saying that it is time that you need to divert your attention by from looking at the afflicting nature of the world and start looking at the eternity of heaven, eternal nature of heaven. You know, sometimes we don't enjoy life. There are times, good times we enjoy, but many times we don't really enjoy life. Every step we move forward and we see a setback. Every step we take, it's painful. Life challenges are thrown on our way. Doors are kept on closing as we move forward. We are in a state of confusion at times. Many, th many times things are not going well in our lives. Job says in Job chapter 14 verses 1 through 2, 1 and 2, Job 14, 1 and 2, man who is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. He comes forth like a flower and fades away. He flees like a shadow and does not continue. Job 30, 26, let's read that together. But when I looked for good, evil came to me. We are talking about the afflicting nature of this world. And when I waited for light, darkness came to me. Afflicting nature of this world. You know, many times they can, the nature of this world can make us to go down emotionally. 
the joy is taken out of our lives you know people at times they walk as if they are dead because there is nothing happening in their lives there is no joy emotionally they are broken and emotionally they are shattered Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 23 says for all his days are sorrowful all his days are sorrowful and his work is burdensome even in the night his heart takes no rest this is also vanity you know how many of our sleep is affected nighttime when we wake up and you will not be able to sleep after that because you keep thinking about the worry that keeps coming in your mind you lose sleep and you roll up you roll left and right but you know you don't get sleep at all solomon says for all his days are sorrowful and his work is burdensome even in the night he has no rest this is also another vanity now paul says in verse 17 for our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory I want you to listen with me few more minutes the afflicting nature of this world and the rewarding nature of heaven i want to talk a little bit about the reward that god has for us you know we are not talking anything about anything hypothetically we are not talking anything abstract we are talking the living word of god the promises of god the word that god has spoken and that's going to come true in our lives amen and god wants us to trust in him god wants us to walk continue to walk our lives believing in him and trusting in him god is going to give us a crown of life james chapter 1 verse 12 says blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved he will receive the crown of life which the lord has promised to those who love him you know god is going to take us into the eternity and he is going to give us the crown of life you know what else we need why do we worry even when we live on this earth we don't have anything to put on we don't have anything to deal with why do we worry because the life on this earth is fleeting it's just for a moment it's a light affliction it's a momentary affliction but it is no way compared to the weight of eternal glory jesus said blessed are those who are persecuted for my sake in matthew chapter 5 verses 11 to 12 blessed are you the words of jesus blessed are you when they revile and persecute against you persecute you and say all kind of evil against you falsely for my name's sake rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you we are talking about the afflicting nature of this world and the rewarding nature of heaven paul is encouraging this church this affliction is for a moment but god is going to reward you so don't give up don't give up follow god because he knows your struggles he knows your affliction he knows your pain he knows the things that you are handling handling within you we are unable to share this with others and god knows everything and god is telling you i'm going to reward you god is going to wipe away all our tears when we go to heaven and he's going to be our god forever just want to tell this illustration with you and dearly very elderly lady she was almost near death and before she was dying 
she gave a specific instruction to his to her pastor and this is what she said when my casket is open for all my friends to come and bid the final goodbye i want them to see me ready to be buried with a table fork in my right hand that's what will her her concern or her wish before I was buried, when I lay down in the casket, when, I, when all my friend comes to say final goodbye, I want them to see me in the casket with a table fork, with a fork in my right hand. Then she, the pastor was puzzled, you know, then she explained to the pastor why she was making such a request. And she said, I want you to tell the congregation you know what it means when they clear all the dishes from the banquet table and someone says, hold on to your fork. Keep your fork. You know that something good is going to come. It may be an apple pie or a chocolate cake. And they are telling you to hold on to your fork. You know, then they remove all the plates. Hold on to your fork. And keep your fork. That means something good is going to come. That something good is on the way. And she said, Pastor, I want to be buried with a desert fork in my hand. And it will be my way of saying, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. It is so true, just a silly story, but you know, it is, it is very true. When we are done with on this side of the river, when we cross the river, you know, there is a great reward that God is going to give us. In fact, you know, Stephen, when he was, you know, breathing his last breath and he looked above and he saw Jesus standing at the door of heaven and receiving him into the eternity. You know, what a joy that day will be when we are done with on the face of this earth, or when we are done with this temporary life on the face of this earth, when we wake up and find morning, when we open our eyes and we see Jesus standing there in the door of heaven and receiving us into the eternal glory. What a rewarding life this is. Amen? Heaven is so rewarding. We need to learn how to delight our hearts, how to get delighted when we think about heaven. The best is yet to come. The afflicting nature of this world and the rewarding nature of heaven. Number three. Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. The tangible nature of this life and the unseen nature of eternity. The tangible nature of this life. In 2 Corinthians verse 4, chapter 4 verse 18. When, while we do not look at the things which are seen. But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul is talking about the tangible nature of life. Tangible means something that we can touch, something that we can feel. The life is so tangible in its nature. Our five senses, our touch, the sight, our hearing, our smell, and the taste. You know, these are the driving factors of life. Think about it. Without all these five, we cannot really live. When we have all these five in plenty, our life is so rejoicing. When we start losing the taste in your mouth, you don't feel like we want, when, even when you eat pizza, you don't feel like eating pizza. You lost the taste. You know, when some of you try to make the pizza, it's like that. 
When you lose one of these sense, <laughs> there is no use of living. We are driven by so much, by these influencing factors. Many times they are our priority. Touch. We want to see, we want to have a very soft pillow to lie down. Just want to make sure that it's so soft. Sight, we want, to, we want our garden or our friend yard to look so pleasant. Sight. And hearing, we want to listen to certain kind of music. They really ignite our mood or they suits us down. Smell, we want our closets to smell really good with aromatic smell and whatever. With all the air freshener, we want our lives to smell good. Taste, we want food that are tasty and that are enjoyable. I can't eat tasteless food. When somebody cooks vegetarian, I will say that all the vegetables taste the same for me. I don't feel any taste. We want tasty food, we want to enjoy, because we are so driven by the tangible things in this life. People even cannot believe that something that they can't see. Millions and millions of people, they can't believe something that they don't see. They do idol worship because they see somebody in front of them. They do animal worship, they even worship dogs because they, they, they see the dog in front of them. It's no offense. They worship nature. They even worship human. Now these are the result of the tangible nature of human life. Paul is saying, the life is so tangible and he is turning our attention to see, not to see that what we see, but to see that we don't see. Paul says, we do not look at the things which are seen. We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. You know, he's saying that for two reasons, in fact. Number one reason, because our eyes are so deceptive in nature. Shall we read Proverbs 3, 7? Proverbs 3, 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Our eyes are so deceptive. I don't know whether you interpreted the scripture in this way earlier. But this is what I say. Our eyes are so deceptive. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. I can give you another example. When Samuel went to Jesse's house to anoint the next king of Israel, you know, Jesse's children were coming one by one and Eliab came in front of him. And Samuel thought, okay, this, is, this must be the king of Israel because he's so gigantic and he's so good. You know, he will really fit in the place of a king. And God spoke to Samuel when Samuel thought Eliab was the king to be anointed. This is what God said in 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance. Eyes are so deceptive. Or at the physical stature. Because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as the man sees. For man looks at our outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. We are talking about the tangible nature of life. And the unseen nature of the eternity. You know we cannot depend on our senses. Listen to me. They are so deceptive. Our senses are so deceptive in nature. You know, we may be children of God, but still we are living in our senses. Do not try to sense God. Listen to me. 
Do not try to sense God. Believe in God. Believe in God. Do not try to sense God. God is not in music. God is not in rhythm. God is not in inspiring speeches. They're all capable of producing a false sense of God. Do you get that? Because our senses are so deceptive. Certain environment that produce positive vibes are capable of healing our body. Certain environment with the right setup, with the right music, with the right ambient temperature, they send positive vibes. They are capable of our healing our body and our emotional conditions. God need not be there. God need not be there. Our senses try to see the evidence of things, but that's not faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Senses are so deceptive. When we try to sense God, when we try to sense God's presence, you can go wrong. You can go wrong. Because faith cannot be produced by senses. Faith cannot be produced by seeing evidence. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You know, faith is not like they just put it this way, you may understand. You're praying for somebody to, you know, for their fever to come down. Faith is not like after prayer you go and touch him and see, oh, the fever has come down. That's not faith. Faith is not. Faith is, what is the definition? Faith is not. Faith is the evidence of things that are not seen. Even you don't see the evidence of things happening. That is what is faith. You don't see the evidence of that happening and it happens all of a sudden. It's not going every day and checking whether it happened or not, happened or not. Because there is nothing that we can see when, you, when real faith works. So Paul says, for the things which are seen are temporary and deceptive in nature. So two reasons why we don't trust the things that are, real, that are seen. Number one, they are deceptive. Our senses are deceptive. Number two, they are temporary. What is seen is temporary. Jesus said in John, sorry, in 1 John chapter 2 verse 15, 1 John chapter 2 verse 15, Jesus said, not Jesus, John wrote obviously, do not love the world. Do not love the world. Is it 1 John? Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Shall we read that again? Do not love the world do not love the tangible things of this world if anyone loves the tangible things of the world the love of the father is not in him now this is a real teaching just keep that in your mind your house is temporary your appliances are temporary the things that you are storing they are all temporary your body is temporary your health is temporary your family members are temporary your spouse is temporary. I'm not saying that your spouse is temporary. Marry another one. I'm not saying that. Your spouse is temporary. Your children are temporary. Your own life is temporary. You know what Jesus said? Luke chapter 14 verse 26. 
If anyone, read the scripture. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and hate his mother and hate his wife and hate his children, hate his brothers and sisters, yes, and hate even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So who can be the disciple of Jesus? One who hates everybody. In what context? Not because that we should not love them, but because of their temporary nature. Did you get that? Not because we should not love them. They are so precious. Our family is so precious to all of us. We need to love them. We need to cherish them. We need to care for them. But they are temporary. And Jesus is saying, hate. Hate everything. If you love the things of the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Because the deceptive nature of I and the senses and the nature of those things because they are temporary. You know, we sang this morning, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. The question that I need to ask within me, are the things of this world, are the things of the earth appearing dim, appearing dim? How much we love the things of this world, the tangible nature of this life and the unseen nature of eternity. When you think about what we see, at times it is discouraging, but when you think about what we don't see, there is a great encouragement. That's what Paul is trying to con convey. We are about to close now. We need grace to see the unseen. We need grace to see. We can't see that with our naked eye. We need grace to see the unseen with the eyes of faith. Because the things which are not seen are eternal. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. We read this and pray. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says, I'm reading from NLT. But we are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven where the lord jesus christ lives that's where he lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior we haven't seen heaven but we believe we believe in heaven just to summarize this morning god is telling that shall we all stand this morning god is telling that the reason for your dullness the reason for your discouragement are the following. Number one, we worry about this perishing body. And God is telling us that we need to work renewing our, towards renewing our inner man. Do not worry about this perishing body. They can make us discouraged. Secondly, Paul is saying, we worry about the afflicting nature of this world. And God is telling us, think about the rewarding nature of heaven. Number three, Paul is saying, we try to satisfy all the senses of our body, which are deceptive in nature. God is saying, Paul is saying, try to see what is unseen. By faith. Number four, we think everything around us is permanent. But it's all going to go away from us. Whatever today we consider as precious is all going to be taken out of our lives. What is unseen is permanent and that is eternal. And God this morning wants us to see the unseen. Shall we close our eyes?